0: Funding provided by Morgan LeFay Dreams Foundation, Clearbridge Investments, a Leg Mason company, Miller Value Funds, Royce and Associates, Matthews Asia, First Eagle Investment Management, Strategus Asset Management, and Eaton Vance.
1: Hello and welcome to this edition of Wealth Track. I'm Consuelo Mack. Capitalism is under attack. The economic system based on private ownership, free markets, and competition is losing favor among the young and being portrayed as greed-based, unfair, and rigged in favor of the wealthy few. Socialism, once discredited because of the abject failure and destruction of government-controlled economies such as in the Soviet Union, China until private market reforms, and currently in Venezuela, has come back into vogue. According to a recent Gallup poll, 51 percent of Americans, aged 18 to 29, have a favorable view of socialism versus 45 percent who view capitalism favorably. In 2010, 68 percent viewed capitalism positively. There is a reason capitalism is under attack. Rising economic inequality in the U.S. has called into question the American dream of rising upward mobility and equal opportunity. American corporations have come to symbolize the economic divide due to the yawning gap between executive and worker pay. Average annual pay of CEOs at the largest U.S. corporations has exploded from 31.6 times the average annual compensation of the typical worker in 1980 to 278 times today largely due to the use of stock awards and stock options, which now make up 75% of CEOs' annual compensation. Until recently, the interest of the stockholders, who are the owners of companies, was paramount. Until recently, creating shareholder values serving the stockholder owners of a company has been the top priority of corporate executives. In 1997, the influential Business Roundtable, which represents about 200 major corporations, statement on corporate governance read, The paramount duty of management and of boards of directors is to the corporation's stockholders. The interests of other stakeholders are relevant as a derivative of the duty to stockholders. Well, in its new 2019 statement called A Statement on the Purpose of a Corporation, The Roundtable writes that they share a fundamental commitment to all of our stakeholders. We commit to delivering value to our customers, invest in our employees, dealing fairly and ethically with our suppliers, supporting the communities in which we work, generating long-term value for our shareholders. That was their last point, and no mention of the primacy of profits. Well, do corporations need a new purpose? Does the free enterprise capitalist system need a major overhaul or a tune-up? Joining me is Ken Langone, founder and CEO of InvaMed Associates, co-founder of The Home Depot, where he was lead director and a member of the executive committee of its board from its founding in 1978 until 2008, noted philanthropist and the author of I Love Capitalism, An American Story. He is joined by David Gardner, the co-founder and co-chairman of The Motley Fool, a global online investing service he launched with his brother Tom in 1993. Motley Fool's purpose is to make the world smarter, happier and richer by helping individuals become better investors. Gardner's stock picks tracked in their Stock Advisor newsletter since 2002 has outperformed the market by a huge margin. The firm is also on a mission to help the world work better. It has been twice named the best company to work for by Glassdoor. Gardner is also a board member of Conscious Capitalism, a nonprofit organization established to promote Conscious Capitalism, which he will describe. I began the interview by asking Langone why he loves capitalism.
2: It works. It gives everybody a shot and it develops businesses and it develops opportunities from the bottom up. Look at the number of jobs that were created by Ray Kroc's idea of McDonald's. Look at Bernie Marcus on the blank, myself and Pat Farrah Home Depot. 460,000 full-time employees, associates actually. Mm-hmm. Nobody getting paid minimum wage. Not one. We never paid minimum wage in 41 years. You paid above minimum wage, Always, <laughs> right, paid, right. always paid above minimum yeah. wage. We have 3,000 kids under 84-year-old kid. We have 3,000 kids that are today multimillionaires. They started with us in the parking lot of the store pushing carts in. So it works for everybody if they want to make the effort.
0: How do you feel about capitalism these days? I love capitalism. I, I agree with what Ken just said. I think it is the reason that we pulled ourselves naked out of the swamps hundreds of thousands of years ago as a species is that we, we traded with each other ideas and goods and uh and it's a a tremendous model however i think that it can be done well and it can be done poorly and so I, i tend to always look for where it's being done well and as a stock picker i try to pick those stocks and as a entrepreneur i try to build a company much smaller than ken's that tries to do it well but i'm also aware of the excesses and the failures and uh and you know that's that's hurt a lot of us too whether it's enron or Theranos more recently? or there are a lot of examples of yeah, where capitalism are, has run amok? Not because of the system, no, right? They, they're because corrupt, of the people.
2: Those are corruptions. Th- those weren't legitimate. A business, look, capitalism has winners and capitalism has losers. Mm-hmm. Not every idea is going to work like Home Depot did or McDonald's did. Yeah. But but the fact is, overall, look at the what happens to the income levels and the standard of livings of everybody. It works. Now, when you have a crook- you have a crook. In communism, they have crooks, too.
1: There's a, a movement afoot now. It's called conscious capitalism. But actually what is just, that? So that's what I'm going to ask David, conscious capitalism. Oh, yeah. My question is, does capitalism need improving? Has Have we gotten to a point where capitalism, per se, is maybe not so competitive, maybe not so much of a free market, that if you are connected, you have tremendous advantages that that other people don't have. There is something called crony capitalism. If you are lobbying hard in Washington, you, get, you definitely get, uh, you know, you can have a lot more influence than if you don't have lobbyists in Washington. It
0: comes in so, d- different forms, Consuelo, and I, I am a big fan of conscious capitalism. And Conscious capitalism has four simple foundations, which are um, uh, clearly present in probably companies like Home Depot and so many others. Number one, you're going for a purpose, a higher purpose, a higher calling beyond just profit. And I'd love to talk more about that. But of course, profit is critical. So conscious capitalism was developed by people who love capitalism, but think it can be done better. A second one, the Business Roundtable really um, uh, cottoned to this about two months ago, the idea that there are a lot of stakeholders and you're creating a win for all of them. So it's that stakeholder theory, Mm -hmm. stakeholder orientation. It's not just to maximize for the shareholder. That stakeholder, but rather create wins for everybody around the organization, and then conscious leadership and conscious culture, basically servant leadership, and great places to work.
2: All uh, right, that that grandstanding that the business roundtable did is nonsense.
1: Okay, and and you call it grandstanding? Yeah, right. Why? Let me tell you why.
2: Yes, we start our 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 equation is simple. We take great care of our people. We take great care of our customers. We give them deals. We give them value. We assure our vendors they need to have a profit like we do. If we got a, they got a bad deal with us, come in to see us. In our communities, there's no company I know of that gives back more. We didn't need they a bunch of call. 200 CEOs in a room to say, hey, they got to come. They should come first. The, the associates should come first. The customers should come first. The community should come first. You do all those things and you make a lot of money for your stockholders. So Let you,
1: me, so you were a conscious capitalist, no, as no, was, as were your not conscious, well, common sense. Yeah, <laughs> but by a different name in today's world, that's called conscious capitalism. But the point is the fact that the Business Roundtable had to come up with these points and have a new statement of purpose tells me that were they not doing
2: it to begin with? They, they didn't know what business was all about. Forget about conscious. Yeah, they didn't understand. We have. 470 480,000 people. I can't touch every one of those customers, but they do. Mm-hmm. I take good care of them. They take good care of the customers. The customers have a bad experience. They come back and they buy more. We make more money. The vendors sell us everything. We make sure the vendors make so a So Home
0: Depot knows how to do it right and has but done it right. Well, that's why it's one of the great businesses any, of our time. Any great
2: business knows how to do it right. You can't have a business if you don't take care of your customers. Did the
1: business roundtable, for instance, David, in your view, did it need to come up with a new statement of purpose?
0: I think the biggest change between the 20th century and the 21st century is a focus on which stakeholder are you trying to please? And I think it's fair to say that for most of the 20th century, the perception from brilliant people like Milton Friedman, who otherwise said a lot of brilliant things, but... Mm -hmm particularly said that the purpose of a corporation is to maximize value for shareholders. And I think the big change that's going to make business even better in the 21st century, and Home Depot and many other companies that, that I love and invest in got this and didn't need to be a business roundtable to do this because they were, they were living it, but they, they recognized That if you take a single stakeholder from your enterprise and try to maximize it for them, Mm -hmm. that's going to, that's going to break a lot of the time. So very briefly, Consuelo, think about the stakeholders of a business. You have the employees, the customers. You have the partners and suppliers. You have the environment, if you will, for some companies, the community and the shareholder. And the beauty of capitalism when it's done well is that if you focus on wins for all of them, shareholders do better than otherwise. However, a lot of short-termism, a lot of 20th century thinking was basically maximize the value for that one group, shareholders, and that caused people to be maltreated as employees, customers to be ripped off. We all know examples of failed capitalism. Okay, so, so you're shaking your head.
2: I'm shaking my head because this is nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know what? <laughs> you want to take care of your shareholders? You ready for a shocker? Think what, do you think, know. what do you think the compound rate of return to the investor of Home Depot from the day we won public until today? Annual compound rate of return, including dividends, about 27%. That's amazing. Well, how do we do it? Because we understood <laughs> you m- make a business successful, you make a business successful, the owners of that business do well. Mm-hmm. How do you make a business successful? You take care of your associates, you t- including benefits, including compassion when they have We a- agree. Okay, but hold it. We didn't need the business roundtable 41 years later to tell us. And most enlightened businesses do things this way.
0: Well, I think, Ken, you're you're doing a good job explaining why Home Depot has been
2: one of the great companies of our time. No, I'm talking about McDonald's is a great company. Look what they did. Burger King did a great job. Right. Enron? It's a crook. I can't explain people that are corrupt. That's not fair. Give me a business. So Let
1: let let me give you about
2: a company mm -hmm. that didn't take care, was a great company. Compassionate. Eastman Kodak. Go to Rochester today. Rochester's on its butt. Why? Kodak is gone. Why is Kodak gone? Because they didn't follow the equation. They were going to make all this money on this yellow box while digital photography was coming in. They stayed with the yellow box. They were going to screw their customers by those boxes because, after all, look at what we can do today with the phone. We get great pictures and everything. No film. No sending stuff away or picking it up at the drugstore. That's right. Guess what? the formula works, it'll always work.
1: Right. No, but so if, if, it, if a company is well run and does what you're talking about. If it about, does
2: common sense things. Right. Take but, care of your people. Take care of your customers. Make sure your vendors have a fair deal. Make sure you let the community know that you love being there and you're grateful for their business and you're going to do whatever you can to show it to them. But, That's, you know,
1: a lot of companies don't do that. Shame on them. They're going to go broke. Right. And, and you, you mentioned the short-term-ism. So the emphasis is on is, is on quarterly profits. And the emphasis, is if, if you miss your quarterly profits that Wall Street, you know, has determined you know, you're supposed to make, then the stock goes down, the CEO is under pressure, and CEOs get fired for, you know, if they don't make their, you know, their quarterly profits the stock's think, not doing well. Where do really you well.
2: think the short-term, short-termism pressure comes from? Yeah. No.
1: Where does it come I, from? I think it comes from, you know, Wall well, Street. No, from, no, no. From no. how it the comes, market responds. It comes from the
2: state funds. Okay. that invest money they give them to money managers and every 90 days they bring the money managers and say you perform poorly right we're taking our money away there's so the enough-
1: pressures coming from the the investors who are invested in there's these enough plan to go around for everybody okay so, but there's something wrong with that emphasis because if you thought oh, that way about on oh, Home Depot, you, you know the company wouldn't have survived. And well, wouldn't and have I think flourished. it comes
0: in part from trying to maximize shareholder value, which is what we talked about a little bit earlier. So, if you're truly looking at, as Ken has talked about, for your employees and for your customer, and you're thinking about the environment, depending on what type of company you are, uh, you're going to be problem solving in a way that is gonna win. But the reality is of course most companies underperform the S&P five hundred. Most companies didn't return twenty seven percent a year.
2: Right. By doing for, nothing.
0: Well well, Just uh, uh, my of stock course they yeah no I know. I love that. Of course I'm I, I, uh, we at the Motley Fool are all about buying stocks and holding them forever and I know you and I share that same love of the long term. You know but average. the reality is that most companies don't return twenty seven and a half percent a year. Uh, most don't even return ten percent a year. And so I think that the beauty of what's happening is that there's an awakening of what wins and what works. And a lot of us weren't taught um, h- how to run a business well. Right. Or we. W- a lot of people don't even understand what the average rate of return in the stock market is because they don't understand the economic system. But the more that we teach them and bring them along and include them, the better our society will be and the less divided we'll be.
1: Ken, you have been on many boards of public yep. companies. Yep. And you told me that you're you're an anti-establishment guy. Yep. You ask Boy, tough am questions. I,
2: am I ask a lot of tough yeah. questions. And as a and matter of fact, vote to fire people too.
1: If they're not up to the job, right. That's well, if okay. they are not doing what
2: we think is the right thing.
1: So, well let me ask you about the state of of, you know, boards of major public companies. And let me specifically ask you about your example that you gave to me which was General Electric when Jeffrey Immelt asked you to leave to resign from the board. Because why?
2: Because I used bad words in an interview with Fortune magazine. Now, they, let me let me tell you what. You yeah. did me the biggest favor in the world. Because I waited 90 days after I retired from the board. Right. Sold all my stock at $43 a share. Now, l- l- let me give you one thought. I can't account for people not having patience. My average my average weighted holding position of all my stocks. Is 41 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Home Depot, Lilly, uh, Yum Brands, I go right down the list, Unify. The now, point I'm compounding making Compounding machines. We're talking about Absolutely. board structure. Right. As far as I'm concerned, everybody at that table should bring a competence that will enhance the ability of that company to do its job.
1: Well, where was the oh. GE board, I'm sorry, when this company was- Transformed from what was once a great company into a was, shadow of its former it self. It was
2: value destruction. Of, it went from, it was a GE in 2000, the year I was on the board, thank God. I didn't know because of me. GE had, a, had the highest market value of any corporation in the world. Mm-hmm. Today, GE's market cap is 12% of that valuation. So when you factor in inflation, right. it's even worse. Where were they? They were sitting on their butts, afraid to ask questions. I remember being in a GE board meeting. And a very complicated subject was being covered. And I waited 45 minutes, and I didn't know any more at the end of 45 minutes than at the beginning. And I raised my hand, and I said, Jack, I don't understand that. And he said his first day, he was teasing me. You've only been to two board meetings. You shouldn't ask any questions. I said, what do you mean? He said, you should be here a year. I said, well, I'll tell you what. I'll come back a year from now, and then I'll ask the question. So I, then I understood it. They went through it again, and I got it. In a break, two other directors came to me, said to me, quote, Boy, am I glad you asked that question because I didn't understand it either. And I said, wait a minute. If I wasn't in that room, you mean you would have let it go and you wouldn't have understood it? You wouldn't have said, this is what's wrong? Right. You want to get people in that room that you want to have success in capitalism and democracy? Make all your businesses as successful as they can be. I'm I'm all for all of these social things we're trying to do in society, all of them. And I'll put myself against anybody in giving back, anybody. But in that room, you better make sure that people that are sitting at that table can make sure they do the right thing morally, ethically, and guess what? Profit-wise.
1: So do we need a statement of purpose, though, to have that happen? Because a lot of boards are, number one, they're very well compensated. So someone just told me the other day that, you know, you should look at the what percentage of one's total compensation comes from being on a board. If you want, yes, men and women— if you, you, you know, if that's a big percentage of your corporation, do you think they're going to fire themselves by asking tough questions? Yeah. So but isn't that I think that's common among public companies. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. So there's something wrong with that. I mean, uh, uh, the, the, universe, they need competition.
2: Well, I'll give you one better than yeah. that. You want to make them uh, tough on them? Give them pay them what they are. But tell them it's got to be stock for five years. Yeah. No cash. Okay, and they'll get. Well, I can't afford that. Well, guess what? A guy that's making 175 dollars as a poetry professor gets on three public corporate boards. His income now goes to a million dollars a year. Three fifty, three hundred thousand. That's about the number. Okay, I own that guy. There's no way in the world he's going to rock the boat. Right. Exactly. I one director got called by me about why he was letting this happen. I said, I'm the only voice in there. You know this is wrong. And he blurts out to me, but I need the money. That's what he said to me. No, no. I need the money. So there is something wrong <laughs> with it. Of course
1: there is. So, so therefore, maybe we need a, like a statement of purpose to say, hey, you are more responsible. You've got other stakeholders that you need to be responsible for. I think it's helpful.
0: And, yeah. I, I, and I absolutely appreciate all Ken's points because he's able to uh, preach from the mountaintop because he was right. part of an organization that got it, that did it well. Did it brilliantly, and the the problem is, I guess, that not everybody's as smart as Ken, and not everybody's as principled as. No, as principled, or or, with, or independent. With, with most of the with most of the businesses out there, yeah. you know, I can think of modern day examples that are really admirable, a company like Salesforce. If you've seen Mark Benioff, he just wrote a new book called Trailblazer, where he talks about how. Capitalism isn't fully working for a lot of the reasons I think we would agree with. It's not that it doesn't work. Right. It's not that it can't be done well. By the way, Salesforce is one of the great companies of our time. Uh, they And give your one-
1: investors at Motley Fool. Well, yeah. Right. Totally. Since well.
0: 2009, we've held that stock. and, yeah. and- well, I'm not as old as Ken. By the time I'm Ken's age, I think I'll be able to put a 41 number calling out there me a myself. Old man, okay? I <laughs> no no no, I'm not at all. I, uh, I I admire longevity and long holding periods. That's what I'm all about. Right.
1: One I have one last question for each of you, and that is the one investment for a long-term diversified portfolio. What should we all own some of, David?
0: Sure. So um whenever I come on Consuela, I like to give a few stock picks, but I never just give one. I like to give five real fast because it's not about hoping that this one stock works out. That's right. But if I think about five companies that exhibit some of the traits we're talking about, um, let's lead off with Salesforce. Um, We'll go by ticker symbol, CRM. Salesforce is a great example of that. Um, My next one, let's go to the letter E and go to Ecolab. Ecolab is cleaning up the world today in a world that where, unfortunately, capitalism, among others, and a lot of bad government as well, is dirtying the world and messing things up. Ecolab's cleaning it up. Um, The next one is Etsy. Because Etsy is a spectacular platform that's very much for profit, uh, competing with Jeff Bezos, uh, artists and craftsmen, very female centered as well, spectacular winning stock. Etsy's number three. Number four is Next Era Energy. Next Era Energy is the number one global generator of renewables, wind and solar, a huge stock market winner and one I expect to continue. And finally, number five, let's go with Old Dominion Freight Lines, which is a smaller, more modest company than the ones I just gave you, but a third generation family company coming out of the state of Virginia, uh, less, than, less than full truckload trucking company, um, a, a unionized uh, industry, but they don't really have a unionized force because they treat their drivers and their employees so well that nobody's ever wanted to do that to them. And Old Dominion is another great winner. So all five of those are companies that are very much for profit. All of them are past winners. I predict all will be future winners. And every single one of them goes above and beyond just a short-term profit maximization to do special stuff in this world. And that's what conscious capitalism is about.
1: Ken, do you have one recommendation for a long-term diversified well, portfolio?
2: I have, I have obvious. I'm, I'm now focusing on companies where technology is going to change mankind Mm -hmm. for the better. They may not work, and they may not make much money. Uh, We have one company that's private, so you can't invest in it. But this is with the- Invermed is is actually, it's it's the brokerage firm, but it's also the family office. But the debilitating nature of essential tremors, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: where they have to go into the brain and do surgery, there's a technology now. So this is the kind of things, uh, I have atrial fibrillation, fibrillation. There are devices today that's going to mitigate against atrial fibrillation. So, we're, we're looking for companies where mankind can do better.
1: Thank you so much, Ken Langone, for being on Wealth Track. What a treat to have you. And Thank I, you for having me. You know, I Love as Capitalism is well. a wonderful book. Thank you very much. And, David Gardner, it's always a treat to have you on. Thank you, Consuelo. Well. I really Thanks enjoyed so much. it. At the close of every wealth track, we try to give you one suggestion to help you build and protect your wealth over the long term. This week's action point is Read I Love Capitalism, an American Story, and Conscious Capitalism, Liberating the Heroic Spirit of Business. As you heard from Ken Langone and David Gardner, they are basically on the same page in their belief in the virtues of our free market, private ownership, and law based system. Both have succeeded in it. Langone's autobiography is as energetic, brash, and inspiring as he is in person. Conscious Capitalism explains the mission-driven philosophy and story of companies like its co-author John Mackey's Whole Foods and others. They both show how capitalism can work at its multifaceted best. Next week, there are some big changes occurring in Social Security benefits. Expert Mary Beth Franklin takes us through them. Also next week, influential and often contrarian economist David Rosenberg joins us for a podcast on WealthTrack.com. You don't have to wait for this week's extra feature. Both Ken Langone and David Gardner describe what they want to accomplish in their lives now. You will be inspired by each of them. What's your mission? Tell us on Facebook and Twitter and see more WealthTracks on our YouTube channel. This week on Wealth Track, Home Depot co-founder and I Love Capitalism author Ken Langone and The Motley Fool's conscious capitalism advocate David Gardner assess the state of capitalism. They are next on Consuelo Mack WealthTrack.